Live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome into the Daily Nebraskan Show. We're going a little bit earlier on this Saturday we due are. to the NFL games that's coming up this fun, afternoon. Fun sports weekend. Oh least. yeah, oh yeah. But so we we came here in the morning, cold day to come in. You had to Uber over here. Yeah, I wasn't walking. I normally walk. Oh yeah, uh, I wouldn't walk. I, I woke up to the minus seventeen, negative thirty wind chill, oh, yeah. and I said, "I'll pass." Yeah. I, I mean, I had to walk a couple blocks from the parking garage, but <laughs> that, that was enough for me. I, I yeah, it, it was it is definitely a chilly day. And what's so weird is that it's so sunny. It looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like when I came in here and opened the blinds, the sun was coming like right in my face. Yeah. And I was like, it seems like it's like, you know, a nice winter day, you know, like maybe like 30 degrees, you know, like not too mm-hmm. bad. No, it's like negative 15 or whatever it is now. Yeah. Winter break is lasting a little longer than maybe we hoped. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're back from winter break. Oh, yeah. How was your time away from, I know we haven't got to do a show while we were away from school, but how, how was your time? How was your break? Uh, my break is good. I uh, went back home um, to Columbus and um, it was good. It's a good to uh, kind of get away from the grind a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because you go to school pretty much every, have classes every day. Then I work weekends here at the station. So you can get a little bit busy, but you know, I enjoy it. Yeah. So it's fun. How about you? It was good. Uh, went back home to Minnesota. Weirdly, colder here than in Minnesota. And that was the first mm. time in my college career that I was happy to be in Minnesota instead of Lincoln. Yeah. Didn't get snow there for Christmas, which was the first time I've never had not had snow there over the holidays. And they got dumped on here. Oh, yeah. And then took a trip out to Colorado for a ski trip and got about 18 inches of snow over the weekend while I was there. Jeez. Got stuck for an extra day in the Airbnb. So I've had about I've had it about up to here with the snow. And this morning, it's not snow. It's nice out. Yeah. Cold. Lincoln roads have been a mess this week as well. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited for school to be back because that means that warmer weather is around the corner. I say that. Who knows? We still got we still yeah. got a way to go here. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's not. Like, that I'm not looking forward to is I'm gonna have to be walking to classes all the time. So I hope it's not a negative 30 windshield wind chill when I hope uh, so. Yeah, I'd hope. You'd but, hope so. You know, sometimes we're not so lucky. And no. you know, sometimes if, if it's I'm just saying if there's a class, if it's a negative 30 windshield, I might not be going. <laughs> I, I'm just I might not be, you know. That's that's kind of the nice thing about college, you know, is sometimes it's okay to maybe not go there. They canceled a couple days for the winter session. Yeah over break so i'm assuming if we get that cold again they'll run it back thankfully it's not gonna be that cold inside pba today oh no yeah i mean it's honestly gonna be hot it might it might be it's gonna be rocking it should hopefully if if people make the trip <laughs> i hope the, the trip should. from the parking lot into the into the arena yeah a lot of people might might get out of their cars and be like nope go right back <laughs> well they might say nope if they watch a performance anything like we've well, seen that is true over the last week or so from nebraska basketball I'm which st- we're going to dive into i'm now. still confident though you're confident i, I still feel good okay. juan juan gary's injury only day to day yeah we that was the big news that. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll touch on that as well um but a lot a lot to get into big sports weekend mm-hmm. nebraska basketball trying to figure something out yeah today nfl playoffs can't wait that's mm-hmm. the one downfall of being on a ski vacation over the NFL playoffs, you don't really get to watch it. Yeah. And when you do, you, you get to watch the Cowboys fall to the, uh, to the Packers, which was enjoyable to say the least, but that was enjoyable for me as yeah. well. So we'll touch on those as well. Got to see Dylan Rayola play last night mm-hmm. since first time since signing with Nebraska. He's special. I know. I know it's early. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch an actual competent pocket passer <laughs> back there for once. The last pocket passer we had was Tanner Lee. Where, where, where would you say, how much better would you say talent-wise you'd be than Tanner Lee? Uh, well, when Tanner <laughs> Lee was here, I didn't even know the state of Nebraska existed. So that is true. Um, but now I'm here and now I get to watch Dylan Rill in my final season. Yeah, Tanner Lee was the team. pocket passer for us. He, he got drafted. He kept our streak alive of having players getting drafted in the NFL. But then the very next year it was broke when we didn't have anybody. Okay. So he kept... Everyone was dogging on Tanner Lee, but he kept our streak alive one more year. So 
You know, he's going to be a Nebraska legend. If Dylan Rilla doesn't get drafted, I think the entire city will be crying out in mm. pain. It will. After well, three years here and, and nothing. But that is so far away. So early. So early to tell. But so much excitement mm-hmm. around watching Husker uh, commits play in, and I know it's not necessarily an all-star game, but a game preseason. Miss the early. He's not here for the early enrollees. They're they're already here, getting those work winter workouts going. So he went out to a little bit of better weather for this week. Yeah, and I know a lot of the uh, Nebraska media got to go out there as well and enjoy the warm while this is going on here. But we'll touch on that as well. But I know we we got to get into basketball because mm-hmm. it's been an interesting time since the last time we talked, Ben. It, it has. It's been a while. A lot it's of been a while. Happened. A lot has happened. Yeah, good. good there's, been, there's been some highs. There's some been really good stuff, but there's been some lows. Yeah, and the woes are particularly hitting right now, as Nebraska is on a two-game losing streak, which isn't terrible. You know, we've seen worse. We we have definitely seen worse, but you know, with how the season's been going, it is a little disappointing because you know this seems like the most talented Nebraska basketball team in the last twenty years, probably over the probably over 20 years, probably last 30 years. I mean, that that's why a loss to a team like, you know, team like Iowa, a team that's kind of been at the bottom of the Big Ten mm-hmm. standings, not quite at like, you know, all the way bottom, but they're kind of towards the bottom of the standings. Got punked by them. That was tough. Then the losing to overtime against Rutgers. That's tough. That one was bad. I mean, that was one of the most, that was one of the most ugly games. That was the ugly, one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. The last 10 minutes just disgusting basketball from both sides from both sides neither team wanted to win that game which but it was so weird because it was like when we'd come out of the like you know when we started the first half started the game we looked really good but then it's just, it was like the last eight minutes of every half <laughs> we just like fell asleep or something I, I don't know we we just <sighs> we couldn't rebound we gave up 25 no I'm not missaying that 25 on offensive rebounds that's like 25 too many. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, there's something about this team that relies. So I thought it was fixed this year because they, they did, they were able to find some, some solid road wins in the non-conference, but something about this team just relies on the energy of the crowd so much. You didn't, you don't really think of PBA as a uh, elite college basketball environment. Because it's such a big arena, not necessarily NBA yeah. size, but it doesn't it's feel bigger. like a college yeah. arena. No, right. It, That's it's, why it it's always not, feels empty. I it's feel not like. intimate. Mm-hmm. But when it's rocking, it is. The, the team feeds off of it, and for some reason, on the road, it's just a completely different team. For, I want to touch on Iowa first. What we saw. That's an Iowa team who doesn't have a single impressive win on their resume in my eyes minnesota nebraska they've won three in a row now so they're working their way back up nothing to write home about Mm -hmm. that's a game you have to have you can't shoot four of 26 from deep when i was hitting 15 threes yeah like that's an iowa team that should not be boat racing nebraska from behind the arc like they did to be fair though iowa's win against nebraska was impressive for them because we were coming off the high of beating Purdue. Right. So, I mean, that was that was a big win for them. I mean, I, I would say that was probably the most impressive win of the year. Iowa oh, shot sure. Iowa shot the lights out. They had two guys that made five threes. We didn't have a single guy make more than one. Will, and, Williams and, and, was 0 for 6. Tominaga 1 for 5. Yeah. I mean, that's just we have not ugly numbers. I mean, we're, we're not. I mean, a team like Nebraska is not going to win when we shoot like that. Like, we are a team that relies on the three-point shot so much that, I mean, if we shoot under 30%, I just I just know we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, we're going to have to play, if we shoot below 30%, we're just going to have to play outstanding defense, and we're not really a defensive-minded team. You know what I mean? Like, we're a team that, I feel like we kind of chuck three-point shots up at some points in the game. You know, Casey Tominaga kind of just does step back threes at some, sometimes, and when he's hitting them, we play really good and we feed off that energy. And when it, it's not falling, it's what happens against Iowa. Mm. One thing Nebraska has really struggled against, though, is even when we do shoot good, 
This this takes me back to the uh, Wisconsin game. We shot the ball good from deep, but we have not been able to defend the three-point line at all this year, and that has been the weakest point. The only reason we beat Purdue is because they did not shoot well from the three-point line. They had wide-open look after wide-open look from the three-point line because we were doubling Edie, which is the right thing to do, you know, make them, make somebody yeah, you else beat you. just have to bank on the fact that yeah. they're not going to hit the three. Yeah. I mean, if they shoot, I, I, I don't know the specific percentage, but if they would have shot 40% from the three-point line, we would have lost by 20. It, yeah. You can't repeat that effort against Iowa and expect to win with how dependent this team is on the three. Yeah. And how much you struggle from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. Now, you flush the Iowa game, right? Rivalry game, you know, coming off road. a coming yeah. on the road, off a huge win, momentum still in the right direction. You flush it, then you get a matchup with one of the actually one of the Big Ten's worst teams so far this season in Rutgers. Must win game on the road, right? Yeah. I don't know if I'd say must win, but that that was bad. I just if this is a serious if this is a team that wants to be taken seriously in the tournament, that's one of your easiest stretches of games you're going to have all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, granted, on the road, and Rutgers is a good environment. But you got to get some of those, got to get rid of some of those concerns of not being able to show up on the road. Mm-hmm. Now, there's kind of so many ways you can look at this Rutgers game, and we'll touch on Northwestern in a bit, who can shoot the three. Yep. Rutgers did not shoot well. No. They didn't. They didn't play good at all. <sighs> it's It's hard to decide where you want to take this because... Biggest news, obviously, was was Gary, Juwan Gary, going down. You we see got, that injury. Yeah, that's like okay, season under. Like with his injury history, was, yeah. with how used to Nebraska fans are to these crippling injuries to their big time stars, and just watching him after the yeah. injury, just the emotion mm-hmm. that he was showing. You're like, oh, it's over. Like his season's yeah. over. That was my immediate thought, and then when I saw the tweet that said. It was his day-to-day. I was like, wow. Yeah, so Hoiberg opened his press conference yesterday. Right away. Didn't have, didn't even have to ask, which was good. Just Gary's okay, and it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay. So this season is different. <laughs> that, that, see, that's what kept my hopes alive. I still think this is uh, NCAA team. I think we're going to be on the bubble. This entire season, we're going to be a bubble NCAA tournament team, I feel like. It's really, I mean, if we want to get off that bubble, we're going to have to go deep in the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, that's what we're going to have to do. But even if we do get the NCAA tournament, I just have no confidence in us being able to win games because we can't win on the road. I mean, we we have we are yeah. not a road team. So, I mean, I think Husker fans would just be happy if we just got to the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, I that's don't... That's clearly the goal for this season. So, but... I, I don't think they would care if we would, you know, lose first round NCAA tournament. But, like... If you get there, you got to do it. Yeah, this is your this is your chance. I mean, this is one of this is one of the most talented teams we've had ever. So I feel like I mean, honestly, after us seeing after beating Purdue, it would be a disappointment to me if we didn't win a round one in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm less concerned about the the home away thing just because of we've seen them on a neutral site with a Nebraska the way that Nebraska fans travel. I think if it's anywhere close to Lincoln, that first round, I think there would be a a solid contingent of Oscar fans that traveled there. I know, but I but don't know. I don't know. Big 10 tournament. It's been bad lately. It's been bad the last two years. Um, clearly show like last year, they should have won more than zero games in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So if it comes down to that, I think you got to be in a position where you're locked in before the big 10 tournament. Just, I, I don't think that's going to be able to happen though. I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to be able to quote. I don't think if we're not, if we're a first round exit, from the Big Ten tournament again, I don't think we make the tournament. Yeah. It, I think we've seen it happened. I forget which year it was, but when, you know, they win 22 games and don't make it, that I don't think that would happen this year again because of the kind of quality wins they would have on the resume. But the Big Ten is in a down year um, and it's just everyone's eating each other alive. That's mm-hmm. not, you don't want to finish in the middle of the Big Ten in that, in that instance. I mean, there's just so many teams, though, that could leave for us. Yeah, we have the Purdue win, but we have some ugly losses. Yeah, that's why a game like today, I think, is is abs- you got to have the one today. I mean, this. I mean, the Purdue game, is to me, is kind of starting to look more like a fluke than what we actually are. You know what I mean? I, think, I, I, I just mean, think that's who we are at home. I mean, 
what I mean, if you look at every other decent team we've played so far, Creighton got punked. And again, that was that was at home. See, I mean, this is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. I I mean, we got punked by Creighton at home. That was hyped up as like, the, you know, the biggest game of the season. I mean, outside of the the Purdue game was a big game, although it was on Peacock. So that kind of sucked. I wish it would have been on live TV, but we could talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, we get punked by Creighton at home. We, I mean, Minnesota, I mean, do we consider Minnesota a good team? We, we, we fell apart against Minnesota. It's not a terrible loss, but it's a bad loss. Iowa is a team that can get hot from the three-point line. It's Rutgers rebound. Like, we got out-rebounded so bad. Like, Rutgers was ranked Moss's worst game of the year, by far, oh, in yeah. my opinion. Four, four points, five fouls. Not I mean, if you look at his last foul, he wasn't even facing him. Or was it the second to last yeah. foul? One of the fouls in overtime, he had his back to the guy with the ball, and let's, he still somehow fouled him. Let's touch on that. I'll, I'll get to what we were just talking about. Let's touch on that final sequence real quick, because I know you were covering this game for the site. That last nine minutes, Wilcher hits back-to-back threes. You go up 12. ESPN's model, I was looking at it. I, 90, I, hate, I hate the ESPN models. 93% chance See, this, That's why I don't like it, because it gives me hope. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't even look at it. See, I like, I like it when they, what is it? It's like they give the uh, fan duel win probability, like during, is it NBA, NBA games? It's like beginning of the third quarter, or halfway through third quarter, they give the fan duel predictions for the game and i swear it's always wrong whoever's more <laughs> likely to win the game always loses that's why i just like yeah i, I don't even look at that analytics. i mean analytics is good i mean it gives us something of what should happen but i don't know especially for a sport like basketball basketball is such Where a game of runs especially college basketball yeah i mean it's it's you know I it's not it. like college football where the better team usually wins a team like nebraska can shoot lights out and a team like Purdue can hit not even hit the backboard and we we can beat them yeah I yeah you talked about mast rough rough ending sequence for him in in multiple areas um just a questionable to have him when you need a corner three and you don't really need a you need you don't really only need a two to send it over to him on on an off night um when, when you got to have it Rough. Then, then you foul. Murray misses the, the free throw. You can't buy a rebound. Oh Again, no! Like we talked about, the rebounding was the most frustrating part of that game. It wasn't even like they. It wasn't even like Rutgers was getting to the ball. We just, just coming off Nebraska's fingertips. Yeah, it looked like we weren't even trying to get the ball. Sometimes it feels like. I mean, Rink, Rink Moss kind of you know plays like that sometimes where it looks like Rink Moss. You know, that's his, he kind of reminds me of Jokic sometimes. You know, when he just doesn't even look like he's trying when he's when you're watching. You know what I mean? Well, like, he's, he when he's hitting, feel. when he's hitting it, it it works. But but yeah, right, I mean, when he, when I mean, he's just got. I mean, he's trying obviously, but like he just kind of gives that feel. So sometimes it just seems like you know, Alec didn't he fouled out or like end of fourth quarter? I think mm-hmm. Alec fouled yep. out. He's one of our better rebounders. But even when we had Alec and Mostyn, we still couldn't rebound. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a mentality thing. We weren't even trying to get on the offensive glass either. There were so many times where we'd shoot the ball. Like, you know, we'd shoot threes like we always do. And it's like four guys are going back to try to stop transition when we're still trying. To, you know, the ball hasn't even been rebounded yet. It's like yeah. Moss was like, we'd have one guy under the rim all, t- all the time. It was like. Was that the game plan? Not let them go on fast break? Do we not want to be a team that tries to get rebounding? Like, I don't know why we wouldn't have a guy like Alec always trying to get on the glass. Because I feel like that's what Alec is best at. Yeah, when, I mean, when he fouls out, Gary's hurt. I mean, get, When Gary goes out, I think it's so tough in that instance because it it's hard to blame the team when you see one of your leaders go down in, in a scary injury and then Alec fouls out mass fouled out later just situations this team needs to avoid having all of their rebounders on the bench yeah there's going to be more injuries down the stretch hopefully not season ending ones thankfully this one was not yeah but they they got to be able to respond better um I what did you think of that I, I thought that last play where Mass went for the out of bounds, I thought that should have been a kickball on Amore. Because he kind of stuck his toe out a little bit to stop the ball. And I know it's like if it's accidental, it's not a kickball, but 
it didn't look accidental to me. And I thought that could have swung. And then the inbounds play after just weird. a lob, like, I don't get it. You know, you get the second chance with the, the travel and that's what you draw up. Like just questionable play calling, questionable execution, bad decision-making all around, poor dribbling from Williams on that when he I lost mean, the ball. That, I mean, that was kind of just unfortunate. He dribbled it off his foot. I mean, is that, I mean, is it not a kick? I mean, I'm not even sure what the rule is on that. If Well, if okay. he dribbles it off the foot, like, was it like because there was no possession, if it, like, you know, went off the defender's so, foot, then it's not I th- like that? So originally, when he dribbles it off the foot, I couldn't really tell. I know it showed the rebound. I couldn't tell if it was his foot or the other foot. No, it was his foot. So he dribbles it off his foot, right? Accidental. But then the ball is rolling out of bounds. And Clifford Amore, it, it looked like he stuck his foot out a little bit. And I might have to go back and watch it again I, on a different angle. The, the replays I could find didn't show a great view of it. But it redirected the ball a little bit and then Mast missed it out of bounds. Because I originally Mast is going for it because he saw it go off of Williams' foot. Amore tips it a little bit with his foot. Obviously, that's a bang-bang play. You're, you might not call that. But it, to me, it looks pretty clear that he redirected it. Either way, doesn't matter. You get another chance, and it's just a lob up. Lawrence just throws it way too high. They're lucky to get to overtime, in my eyes. I mean, when the game went to overtime, you could just tell that we weren't going to win. I mean, one, because we had the foul troubles already with Alec and Moss. Mm -hmm. So we already couldn't rebound, and then we were going to be without our two best rebounders. We didn't have Gary. I mean, when it went to overtime, you could just just sense that it was coming. I mean, I wasn't surprised at all by what happened in overtime. I was surprised when Sam Hoiberg hit two threes yeah, see, in overtime. That's the thing. He so, he's so clutch, man. But why why is those the first buckets he's getting? This this is what I don't get. He goes the first forty minutes of the game, not scoring a single point, and then in overtime he hits two threes. Like it, it are we just? I, I don't get it. I just think you got to give him the ball more. And then on that last play, I mean. The clear play is Tomonaga there because he's the you know he's the guy on the team. He had a little bit of an off night. They're obviously going to be covering him t- tight like they always are. Why not give it to the hot hand? Why not send it over to Hoiberg and see what he can do with with when you, when you got to have a shot instead of have Tomonaga chuck up an ill advised three from well yeah way he, deep. He was going. I mean, he was go- looking for the foul, but I mean they're not going to give that to him. I mean, one they're not going to give that to him in overtime, and two. Really, this is this is the play to decide the game, and we're gonna ha- put it on the refs' shoulders. No. Like, see, that's what I don't like. I wouldn't have minded that, you know, if it was just like you know a regular play, first or second half, you know, just mm-hmm. in the middle of the game. It's just like whatever that could have got us three free throws for Tominaga. This is the game. This is the play for the game, mm-hmm. and we're we're banking on the refs calling it our way when there's already so many people that I mean, most I mean. In all basketball, that refs, you know, are too big of a part of the game. You know, like refs decide games when they call fouls like that. People already don't like it when refs blow the whistle towards the end of games like that. You know what I mean? Like they are, there's already so many people that harp on that. So I feel like they kind of eat the whistle when it gets closer. I mean, unless it's they're like, going to, they're going to eat the whistle with him regardless, because that's just kind of his game. Just the floppy, just chuck it up there. Yeah. I mean, there's times he's nicked and it's like, yeah, ticky tacky. You look at the review. His forearm got just, you know, tapped slightly. Should have been a foul. On anyone else, it's probably a foul. He has so many of those a game where they're not going to give it to him every time. Like, that's just his play style. He has to know in that instance they're not going to give him a foul, even if he's nicked, and he's got to pass the ball off. He cannot chuck up a backward, falling backwards three up in the air from 35 feet out. It's just I mean, not going to work. I mean, they the Rutgers defender didn't let him come down, but I don't know. Is that just an NBA rule where like you have to let them come down? He's got to let him come down, but and I thought that's what it was for college. So he, I mean, he was in his landing space. So, I mean, by yeah, rule that could have been a foul, but like, even so I wasn't surprised. I thought it was the right call for them to eat the whistle because like, you know, if you blow that whistle, it's just not, a, you're just, re, you're rewarding him. It, it's for, just, it's just a dumb play. Yeah. I and mean, that's just what it is. Uh, you got to have better shot selection than that in that moment. We just got a text on text. We got text line, text on text line a little bit ago. It said, if Hoiberg doesn't get to the turn tourney, does he keep his job? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that Purdue win is going to carry him. Uh, it's hard with, we've talked about this with how bad the history of Nebraska basketball is. 
it's hard. It's not like football where you move off, say, we've got to get back to the glory days. There are no glory days. <laughs> so Sad reality. <laughs> yeah, and it's the reality. They never won a tournament game. So aren't we the only Division I yeah. team that never went? Okay, we're not even going to. I'm not even going to say it. Or it's Power 5. but Or pa- Power 4. That's yeah. what it is. Power four. Um, So, no, I think, I think he probably keeps his job. I still think they're a tournament team. They're still on the bubble. There's a lot of winnable games left. Really looking forward to the Illinois game to really see what this team is made of. But I would, I would honestly be surprised if he loses his job. Just how much more hype and pomp and circumstance there is around this team I mean, this year. If we keep playing like this, I don't think he'll keep his job. If, if we, if they, if, <laughs> I mean, if we barely miss out on the tournament, you can't turn your back on one of the best years we've mm-hmm. ever had yeah. in the history of, I mean, I'm just saying this is literally one of the best years we've had ever. We beat number one. When, the last time, I forgot what it was. Last time we beat a number one team was 1980-something. I can't remember the exact date. I don't, but yeah, you know, it was something somewhere in the 1980s. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think you can turn your back on that. I mean, if we keep playing like this, though, and we miss the tournament, I wouldn't be surprised if we get fired. If they play like just they played we, the last two games, yes. I don't think they will, though. Because I don't think so either, because we're a home team, and these are both on the road. So... Like I expect Hoiberg to keep his job after this, but um, this is one of the most talented teams we've ever had. This is also one of the most experienced teams, and that's why if we do miss the tournament, it's really going to be a disappointment because there is so much experience on this team. I feel like there's a lot of tournament experience on this. Yeah, team. guys who have been there before. Like we, this ish, in my opinion, it shouldn't even be a question that we should make this, make the tournament. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are by far one of the better teams in the Big Ten. We showed it against Purdue, we are one of the better teams in the Big Ten. I don't think that's really a debate. It's just, are we going to get in our own way? Are we going to, Yeah. are we, I mean, if we, I mean, if we're just a team though, that when we, because we rely on the three-point line, we're going to be hot and cold and there's going to be ugly losses and then there's going to be great wins. And that's just how the season's going to go. We're going to have to hope the ball bounces our way. In the history of Nebraska basketball, the ball has never bounced our way. So, but I still confident we can make the NCAA tournament. I am as well. I, I think today will be a big, a big directing in which which way this team is going to go. Mm-hmm. They can win today. It's just okay. This team's not great on the road, but there's a lot of home games left to to, and not a lot of road games against great opponents. Still got Ohio State, and Michigan, and stuff coming. So we got text on text line saying so with the Casey Tominaga three. It said the text said it's a safety foul. You call it no matter how much time is on the clock. I agree with that. I mean, I feel like if it was an NBA, I feel like the NBA, you know, was bigger on that rule because um, when Kawhi Leonard got injured in the playoffs, I don't remember what year it was, um, when Zaza Pachulia went under Kawhi Leonard, Mm -hmm. didn't want him to come down. He had the ankle injury that took him out for the playoffs. Like, the NBA has been really like, you have to let him come down because there was a the NBA got got a lot of pushback Mm -hmm. because of that. I feel like in college basketball, it's not... I mean, it is. I mean, they call it, but like, I don't feel like they are as hard on it as in like NBA. I mean, this is college basketball. It's different. I don't love, I, I thought there were multiple questionable officiating moments for both sides in the game. There always are. And there always game. are. This one was particularly bad, especially like just, just, I think that added to the oddity of the game. I don't hate the no call. I think it's I probably either. the right call to I make. Mm-hmm. It like they, 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 you look at the technical way that they should call the foul. Yes, I just think I don't know if it's. I think it's just Tomonaga's play style is just so. He does that so often, where he just kind of rounds the arc mm-hmm. while moving, chucks up a three, and falls backwards. That the the refs may have just gotten kind of just used to it. And I, I know there's a bit there's a lot yeah. of narrative. I saw a couple of tweets about just how Big Ten referees mm-hmm. are so biased towards Nebraska, <laughs> which I have not watched enough Big Ten basketball of like that closely to see whether that's true or not. I know that's what everyone here in Lincoln likes to talk about. Um, but I didn't even think that was the most egregious call. There were a couple yeah. ones earlier that I thought were more just questionable of like, how are you going to let that slide? There were a couple of foul calls um, on mass that were just like, Really, like in this moment, like I get if you're not going to call that in that moment, but there were some earlier ones in in regulation mm-hmm. where it's like, in that moment, you're going to call that ticky tacky of a foul. So at least stay consistent. Yeah. Um, 
But again, Tominaga's just not going to get away with those no. as much as maybe someone else would. We got to send it to break. We've been on for a while. We'll be right back after send this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll probably wrap up basketball talk because I feel like there's still maybe. Yeah, we'll touch on Northwestern. Yeah, yeah we want to touch on Northwestern. So we're, we're, we'll touch on basketball at the beginning of next segment. And then I think we're going to talk a little bit NFL football. Yeah. And if you have, we'll, we'll do that and more coming up right after this break. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome back to the Daily Nebraska Show here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Again, if you want to text in your thoughts, we're going to be talking a little bit more Husker men's basketball. The text line is 402-464-5685. Again, we're streaming on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, on the AWO. There's one more I'm forgetting. YouTube. There we go. There, you go. there we go. I, I, I was blanking on YouTube. But anyway, we, we see the comments. Appreciate all of you. Um, so, Nebraska is playing Northwestern today, 1 p.m., afternoon game. Hopefully Big it one. warms up a little bit more in the next two hours because I'm going to that game. Mm-hmm. I as well. So, what are your expectations for this game? Joseph, and how big of a game do you think this is? You kind of touched on that a little yeah, bit, but I, I want you, you can. I expand. think this is a. I don't want to say must win, but I think this is as close as it gets in this stage of the season. I want to see what how this team responds to a poor week. We've seen how they respond to a good week. Mm-hmm. We've seen how they um, responded to the Purdue win. Wasn't great. They they always kind of come out flat after a really good win. Yeah. When we when we beat Michigan State, we came out flat mm-hmm. after that. Yep. Beat Purdue came out flat. But we've seen them lose to Wisconsin and rebound in a in a strong way. That is true. It was at home though, with the home crowd behind them. Mm-hmm. I think this will be a solid crowd. Northwestern's a team that they have not beaten a long time. Wildcats have won seven straight, I believe. It you got to get the monkey off the back here. Yep. This is a team that in just my time here. I've seen a lot of bad Northwestern losses. Boo Booey, I'm sure will give many Husker fans nightmares. Definitely flashbacks of some monster games. The tournament in 2020, I guess it was the tournament was actually in 2022, but it was the 2021-2022 season when they lost Northwestern in the first round. Seemed like a game they were going to win. All of a sudden, Northwestern comes back. Some games where Northwestern has shot the lights out in PBA. They're a team that has the tendency to do that. Ty Berry is a guy you got to watch for here. Mm-hmm. Shooting 43% from deep. Ooh. Northwestern's a the, right now ranked third in the Big Ten in three-point percentage. That spells disaster if they can't figure some perimeter defense out. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska's, I mean, this is going to be one of the tougher home games we've had so far this year, I feel like. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, Creighton was the toughest home game we've had so far, in my opinion. But this is going to be tough. Northwestern, like you said, good three-point shooting team. They can get hot just like Nebraska. I mean, again, if we, I feel like we have to shoot at least 40% from the three-point line. I mean, I'm just, I'm throwing a number out there. Like, at least 38 to 40%. Because Northwest, I mean, I just don't see a realm where Northwestern shoots below 30. Mm -hmm. So if we don't, I mean, so they're going to shoot decent, in my opinion. Even though they're on the road. Northwestern always gives us trouble. We're going to have to shoot the ball good because we can't defend the three-point line, especially, and now we don't even have, we don't even have Gary for this game. Hoiberg said he's not going to be this game. He could be back for next, next week's game, but we don't have Gary. He's one of our better defenders. Tommy Naga is going to have to hit a lot of threes. CJ Wilcher, there was one more thing about the Rutgers game that was really weird to me that I would just want to say really quick. They were guarding CJ Wiltshire really tough. Did you, I mean, did you see that? Or, yeah. I Like they, they were like making more of a point of emphasis to guard CJ Wiltshire than they were at Tommy Nock at some points. You, which, I mean, you saw it. You which, saw when they didn't hit back-to-back threes that probably should have put the game away 12 when you go up 12. I mean, Wiltshire, he's been really comfortable in his role this year. I he's like played well lately. Last year, I feel like he was having to be the guy a little bit too much. I think he kind of feeds off, you know, Tommy Naga's the main guy for the team. Moss, we get Moss the ball down low. Wilcher kind of just acts as like, you know, that third score for us at sometimes. And 
he's really been thriving in that role. So I, I do want to give props to CJ Wiltshire. He's been really good for us this year. But they were really making an emphasis to guard Wiltshire. That just, which was really weird to me because mm-hmm. he was, there was, I know there was one point he was just wanting to shoot the ball. <laughs> he chucked up a contested three, didn't make it. But yeah, they were guarding him really tough, but that was weird. But yeah, Northwestern, we're going to have to shoot at least 38% in my opinion if we want to win. Yeah, I agree. It, it's like we talked about earlier, so dependent on the three ball. We've seen in games where other teams are hot from behind the arc, it doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. We saw it against Iowa, saw it against Wisconsin, saw it against Creighton. And then the big games that Nebraska has won, the Michigan State, the Purdue, the shots just aren't falling. They're there. Like Michigan State should have won that game. They missed so many shots. They heated up late. It was too late. Mm-hmm. Purdue, a lot of missed missed opportunities. Yeah, that, that was bad. You shut Purdue. down Edie, but there's still a lot of talent on that team. You know, they're one of the best teams in the country for a reason. Shots just weren't falling. Nebraska wins games when other teams miss shots. My concern is if Northwestern has another game like they did last year where Ty Berry just shoots the gym out, it, they're going to have a hard time keeping up unless they have another one of those, you know, get, you saw even get saw it against Wisconsin. Their lights out from on the arc just get ran past because Wisconsin's just better. I mean... That Wisconsin game, yeah, we shot the ball good from three, but we were not trying to get the ball down low at all. And that's been one of my biggest pet peeves with this offense is that, okay, the shots aren't falling for us. Let's try something different. Mm -hmm. Let's let's think outside the box and try to drive. So maybe we can get more open looks. Because, like, you know, CJ Wilcher was getting guard face guarded the entire night. How about we get a guy that can drive to the rim? Tominaga, Tominaga is so good off ball. Mm-hmm. like it was that uh the indiana game he was so good off the ball he had a crazy he scored like 31 that night or was it 20 he tore 28 points that night he was it wasn't like he was more dangerous without the ball in his hands than with the ball in his hands because he was creating so much pressure right because he Just was drag, moving around you're he dragging was, defenders I mean, along he's doing kind of i mean it's kind of curry-esque what he does off the ball obviously he's not curry but you know he takes so much attention from the defense that we should be able to get some right driving lanes. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like, we're not even trying to drive at some point. I mean, I feel <sighs> like we need to get Tommy Naga off the ball more. CJ Wilcher has been good with the ball. In my opinion, he's, he's made some step back threes. He's been good. I don't know. I, I feel like we need to get the ball down. No more. I know like we, I know we are ride and die three point team, but like just, just a little bit more would make it would, would make, would make, would, would put the scales a little bit more even. So even if the shots aren't quite falling, we have something to lean back on because we're just so reliant on, okay, this team needs to shoot bad. And we need to shoot good to win games. And I mean, that works against teams that were better than like the beginning when we were doing non-con at the beginning of the game, at the beginning of the year, we were better than all those teams. That's why we beat them because we're a more talented team. It didn't really matter if they shot a little bit better than us. Mm-hmm. We're a better team against big 10 teams. They're honestly just as talented as t- talented than us. Maybe we're a little bit more, but like we're just, we're, we're, we're relying on factors that are so out of our control. Like our offense, I swear, there's sometimes on our offense, we just have four guys standing around or three guys standing around a three-point line. And that's when Tommy Naga has the ball because Tommy Naga is the only guy that moves without the ball in his hands. This is why I want Tommy Naga off ball, get him moving around. CJ Wiltry has been good with the ball in his hands. Williams has been good driving to the driving to the rim. That That's my thoughts. Yeah, this, this will be a big, good opportunity to see what Williams can do. Got to step up in that veteran presence. I'm, I want to see how Mass responds to a, to a rough night. You talked about the lack of, you know, scoring inside. Alex just not a great scorer inside and a he, you know, great rebounder. But if he's not bringing any, any production, Mass has got to do it all. And when Mass has an off night, there's just no, no production inside the paint. Gary being out concerns me just because he is that kind of electric force driving to the paint. Uh, you know, bouncy, jumps out of the gym, great rebounder, but also, you know, guy that you're going to have to pay attention when he's crashing the boards. So that concerns me. I do like Nebraska to win this one. I think they'll find a way to respond. Um, Hoiberg talked about this in his press conference as well, just how the team respond. Even after Iowa, Rutgers' result wasn't what you wanted. There were a lot of extenuating circumstances, tough environment, injury to a star player, Guys fouling out, weird plays at the end. That should have been a win. 
but he talked about how he kind of liked the way they responded after the Iowa loss. They, they brought more effort and heart and they didn't give up and, and, and cower so easily like they did against Iowa when the shots just weren't falling. Um, and so I, I like their opportunity here to, re, to, re, to respond. Northwestern's just one of those teams that just scares me. Yeah. I mean, it's because of how hot they can get from the three-point mm-hmm. line. There's a comment on the YouTube stream. Nebraska wins games when they play defense. Team shoots the ball badly when the defense is up. Yes, I agree with that. But go back and watch that Purdue game. Go back and watch that Purdue game. Look, see how many open three-point shots Purdue had. That was not what... Like, yeah. I agree. Like, teams shoot the ball bad when we, when teams defend good. Like, obviously. But, like, that was, that was more them missing shots than us defending shots, in my opinion. Yeah, the Purdue one is interesting just because the defense down low was so incredible what they were able to do on ED. Like that was the clear focus of the game. They thought that the only way they were going to be able to beat that team is if they took ED out of the game and they did that. So you have to give props to them defensively inside. Yeah. They, gave I mean, up- they, they did good defensively inside. Right. I'm just saying that their like three point percentage was not because of our defense. It was just because they didn't shoot the ball. Good. Yeah. That that's my point. Yeah. Two points. I mean, there's room for improvement for sure. Um, on the outside, I, it, it's been a, it's been a problem in many opportunity in many chances that at many points this year, the three point defense has been rough it, it, and it's like we, you we, can't play that way that like Northwestern's a team that's not going to miss their shots. You've got to play better outside the arc. You uh, more specifically look at the Michigan state game. They were just missing shots. Like that yeah. was a game that that the defense was fine but they were missing shots purdue again weirdly like you, you're changing your whole scheme to for yeah a guy that's I mean, taller than your center i mean five inches I, I i didn't disagree with the game plan against purdue that was the what they should have done i'm just saying that i mean we had good inside defense but like we were just leaving them wide open on the three-point line mm-hmm. so like i don't credit our defense for their three-point percentage i credit our defense for how we shut down Edie because Edie Moss. Moss looks bad, looked better than Edie in that game, which was really weird. Like, Moss had one of his better games of the year, but... But then on the flip side, then, against Iowa, the defense was not good, and they were hitting shots. Like, yeah, there's two sides of this coin here mm-hmm. where Iowa could be as good of a team as you want. They're not hitting that percentage if you're playing strong defense on the perimeter. Yeah. Well, we got to send it to break. When we come back, we're talking about the Polynesian Bowl a little bit. Um... Also want to touch on NFL a little bit, and then we're going to give an updated schedule for when the show, the show is going to be starting um, weeknights because school is starting mm-hmm. for UNL. We're going to be going weeknights here next week, so don't go anywhere. We got that and more coming up right after this. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome back to the Daily Nebraskan Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Ben Droz, joined here by the senior sports editor for the Daily Nebraskan, Joseph Meyer. We're just kind of wrapping up the show here. We're going to go for about seven, eight minutes, and then we're going to wrap things up. We've done a lot of Nebraska basketball talk. I kind of want to shift away from that because we've gone like 40 minutes talking about only men's basketball. There's other stuff we want to talk about. Um, we're going to touch on NFL a little bit, but we first want to talk about Polynesian Bowl where yeah. Dylan Raiola played. It was just, I, it was just fun to watch. I, there's no takeaways that you could really have other than Matt Rule's got something special building here. Like mm-hmm. to see those guys playing, it, it was just oddly cool to watch Carter Nelson catching a pass from Dylan Rule on NFL Network. Like yeah. it just felt right. Um, he's. He's special, like I said earlier. Again, you can't take too many takeaways. He's going to be a true freshman. Oh, yeah. But he's an early enrollee. He's going to have the time to build. He's been practicing with the professional professional quarterbacks coach his whole life. He's been under pressure. He's changed schools. He's been in different schemes. That guy's going to be ready. He's going to be the starter day one. And I think he'll have earned it just be, just off of what he has already done. I know a lot of times people don't want to hand the keys to a true freshman, but I think he. I think he'll earn that job. Rule's going to make him earn it. Yeah, I think he's going to earn it. Uh, Carter Nelson looks like a man amongst boys. Oh, yeah. he is huge and so fast. 
you watch him get off the line against some of those guys. I mean, he's he's a quicker off the line than a lot of wide receivers that he was playing against. Lining up in the slot, he uh, caught a few passes. There was a, a play where Riola rolled out to his right, kind of just quick screen, not screen pass, but just flipped it real flipped quick it, to yeah. Nelson up the sideline. That was fun. Riola zipped one into um, I think it's Mike Matthews. He's a Tennessee commit, uh, five-star wide receiver. Just looked... I mean, if I'm, if I'm a wide receiver right now in strength training, I'm just like, so excited to get to work with this guy. Mm-hmm. Outside of Nelson and Matthews, there weren't a lot of guys that could catch the ball last night. There were a lot of drops. Um, Rail had some nice throws that just weren't yeah. completed. Threw one pick, but we'll chalk that up to just under pressure. Pressure was in his face. Wide receiver ran the wrong route, whatever. Just fun to watch and imagine yeah. these guys in Husker, Husker uniforms here in a couple months. Hopefully... That's not the story of this next year where Raiola is throwing the ball good, but nobody can catch. I mean, that's kind of been the story. That was kind of the story yeah. this last year. But I think I don't think it'll be different. I think it'll be different. Like you said, Raiola is not going to be just given the job because, you know, he's a five-star quarterback. He's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to earn it, but I think he will. I, 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 I mean, he's clearly the most talented quarterback. It's kind of just the philosophy of, like, is it better to throw a quarterback into the fire right away, you know, get his feet wet, or... Do you want him to sit behind and kind of learn? You know, like, I kind of, I mean, I know this is NFL, so it's different than college, but, like, the Packers. Everyone's like, how do the Packers always have Hall of Fame quarterbacks on their team? They go from Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Now that, I mean, I'm not saying Jordan Love's a Hall of Fame quarterback or anything, but, like, he's been looking really good. Mm -hmm. My theory is that Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for however two, three years, and then was ready to go. Jordan Love sits behind Aaron Rodgers for two, three years, I think it helps. I'm not saying Raiola needs to sit for two years, obviously, but I'm saying I think it helps a quarterback to not have to, you know, just get thrown yeah. in the fire and like, you it, know, all, I mean, especially at a place like Nebraska, where as soon as he makes one bad play, you're going to have all of Husker fans, Twitter going after him. I feel like if there was someone to sit behind, I would say, yes, the quarterback room is so depleted at this point. That is true. That. I don't, Harburg just has completely different skills, and I, I don't think the offense is going to be built for his skill set. I think they're going to yeah. tailor it more towards Rayola, and Danny Kalen is your third option there, and he's I mean, also a true freshman. So, I mean, that, that's what I mean, and that, I mean, that was what I said. I mean, I, I wish that's what we could have done. Obviously, right. that's not where we're at right now. I mean, Harburg, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Harburg starting the first three games would really get us anywhere. You know I don't I mean? think there's any. I think they're going to win those games regardless of the quarterback if they're a good enough so, team. I mean, then again, because of, yeah, I mean, because it's a weak strength of schedule, maybe it would be better to just put Raiola right away, especially because we don't have anyone for him to sit behind. I mean, it's not like we're throwing him first game against a team like, you know, Iowa or something like that. No, I mean, it helps, I mean, we, it we helps have, to not start with yeah. the Big Ten team. Yeah. For so, sure. I mean, I, I think it'll work out fine. I wish he could, you know, sit back and kind of run a little bit, but I mean, he's going to get thrown to the fire eventually. I, I feel good about it for, for how high of a recruit he is. We've seen these guys come in before, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying he's on a, you know, Trevor Lawrence level type of guy, but these, these five stars that come in and just have been practicing with the best of the best, their whole entire lives. I think he'll be ready. I think he'll win the job. And I think he's good enough to get this team to a bowl game. I don't know how far they can get after that, but in true freshman year, I, I still think he's by far the best option in the center. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Packers NFL takes. Oh Yeah. Real quick, real quick. Go we ahead. got like a couple minutes. Yeah. So first game, we got Texans Ravens. Yeah. What What do you kind of? I'm really going for the Texans, not just because the Ravens beat the Dolphins and then pretty much made them first round exits because we didn't have home field advantage. It's not even. <laughs> it's not even about that. It's about C.J. Stroud looks so good. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league right now, just because he looks like the Panthers look like they made a mistake drafting Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And I get that. CJ Stroud, you know, he has, I mean, you could say Nico Collins maybe has more talent. I mean, Bryce Young has had Adam Thielen. You could say better, you could say better situation, but the Texans were terrible last year. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Maybe it's the quarterback that's making the, I mean, Nico Collins wasn't doing anything before this year. Tank Dell was a rookie. I'm just saying, like, maybe it's the quarterback. It's also D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's is an incredible coach. That is true. I, I do. I do think Demico Ryan's real good. Although I want the Texans to win, I just think the Ravens are so good. I, I don't think it concerns me that two weeks off. I, that scares it, me. We've it seen it happen to them me. before. 
It doesn't for me. I, I I get the Texans are good. They routed a Browns defense that's really good, but I, I got Ravens. All right, we got Packers 49ers. I want to say Packers, but again, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I had 49ers winning Super Bowl coming into this year. I still think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. Okay, you're going with the chalk. I like the 49ers in this one. I'll, I'll actually take the Texans against the Ravens, but I'll take the 49ers in this one. Yeah. Um, I just think they're they're too good, and yeah. I think Jordan I mean, loves Cinderella run might come to a might come to an end here. Buccaneers Lions, just two underdogs. I I love both of these teams. I'm not gonna lie, I've been a big Baker oh, yeah. fan. I love Dan Campbell and what he's put there in Detroit. I think the Lions will get it done. Home field, yeah. Home field is the big thing for me. I think Lions pull it out, but I have Lions losing to them 49ers in the uh, okay. NFC Championship. Last game, Chiefs-Bills. Ooh, it's going to be a thriller. Oh my Two gosh. of my least favorite teams in the league. You don't like the Bills? I love the Bills. Hey, I'm not a Bills fan, but... I'm a Dolphins fan. Yeah, that's true. I, how, I can't physically like the Bills. If you're, if you're a Dolphins that, fan, you fair. can't like the Bills. I saw some people... I, I saw... Who was it that said he was hoping that the Chiefs beat the, beat the Bills? Or the, the Bills beat the... I think it was a Dolphins player saying he hopes the Bills beat the Chiefs because they I, lost to him. I'm like, that's the next level hating if you're cheering for a division right you're hated division rival i've got the bills in this one i think this is the year josh allen finally gets it done they they have looked really good i think they play to the level of their competition no matter what and i think they'll play to the chiefs level competition i yeah i agree i think this is the year bills finally get over the hump but i think lamar jackson takes them out next round okay that that's what i got so we're gonna wrap up the show next so mon monday night Mm-hmm. I believe it's going to be from 11 to 12. Yes, sir. So you got to stay up if you want to see our faces. Late nights with the DN. Let's go. But yeah, it's going to be a late night show. We're going to be going weeknights. Not sure if it's going to be every weeknight or if it's going to be just four nights a week. There's still a lot of things to be hashed, but Monday night, we should be good to go. We're going to be on from 11 to 12 on Monday night. So we hope to see you guys there. But this has been a good show, Joseph. Absolutely. It's been fun. A lot of Nebraska Mets basketball talk. Hopefully they can get it done against Northwestern today. Gotta get it done. If you're going to that game, stay warm. Stay warm. You got to dress up because although the sun is shining and it looks great, it, it is chilly outside. And Dylan Raiola, Nebraska, Nebraska's athletics looking really good so far. I'm excited for the school year. I'm excited for the athletic year. Yeah, it's going to be good. But until next time on Monday, we will see you later. Peace. Peace.